Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where three friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety and lots of doubt. As always, I am your host, Dan, and I'm joined just by Kyle this week, but Yo. we're still going to have a good time. How's it going, Kyle? Good. It almost sounded like you said with a loss of doubt, and I guess either way works. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes, a lot I, don't, of doubt sometimes I have doubt or, or not. I don't know. You, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. We we'll, we'll find out. Anytime I give uh, a really strong opinion, that's when I seem to have a lot of doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I feel the same way about when I give my stardom and situms. Thank God those are over because uh, man, I, I need to really work on those for next season. Yeah, I got some workout time until August. I or September. I can I can get myself Oof. ready. Oh man, that was that was brutal. Uh, so I wanted to just quick, uh, just do a quick little rundown of um, the games this past weekend. Man, what a weekend of football! Yeah, man, like almost all four games were really good, except that like the Colts and the Chargers both came out really strong. So it wasn't that good of a game until a little bit later on. It was almost interesting, you know. Um, but like the Bears, Bears, Seahawks, and Cowboys, sorry, Bears, Eagles, Cowboys, Seahawks were both pretty good strong tight games yeah i i feel like the game of the weekend was the seahawks and cowboys yeah uh, probably you know the that game was just back and forth and i'm back surprised and forth and you know a lot, i think a lot of people were because a lot of people know the track record of the cowboys that oh they that's have just what i said playoffs yeah they of course they're gonna lose in seattle if anything is very experienced especially with russ wilson He's so good, and not just Russell Wilson. You got Pete Carroll. I mean, yeah, he's no, been right. a couple of Super Bowls. He's made a couple of good Super Bowl runs. Yeah, and Seattle was a good, t- uh, you know, really hot team going in. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised that they, um, you know, made it to the playoffs and they they gave it a run. But a lot of people threw out the Cowboys and were just like, no, they're not going to do it this year. Yeah, you know, they they always choke and they they pulled it off and now they got to go to. I believe it's L.A. Yeah, now. yeah, they're going to play the Rams. Yeah, I think that's better for them. I think they were rooting hard for the Eagles to win because had the Bears won, they would have had to go to New Orleans, which I don't think they would, it would be the same result as it was during the regular season. Um, and I think they have a good chance against the Rams. I do. Yeah, no, I think they have a chance to beat the Rams. Um, yeah. A, Dude, a the- chance, but that's only if, you know, if Aaron Donald shows up next week, uh, you can kiss the Cowboys goodbye. Yeah, yeah, probably. Man, the Colts are hot, though, huh? What is it, 11 I, in a row? Nine, 10 in a row? I, 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 t- I tell you what, yeah, it is 10 in a row, and I tell you what, so Ugh. I'm in a pick'em league, uh, like a thing online uh, with like my brother, my sister, my dad, my my sister's boyfriend, and I went 1-3 and three this past weekend. Not a good weekend for me, but my one win was the Colts. Yeah. And so so much so that I picked them again this weekend. Oh, I man. picked the Colts right. to beat the Chiefs, and yep. I I don't know if there's a person out there who could tell me otherwise because the Colts, like you, like you just said, they've won 10 in a row. They, uh, The Chiefs have shown that they can be beat at home. Like earlier in the season, it was like basically you go to Arrowhead, you chalk up a loss. Like you weren't going to win at home uh, against Kansas City. That's not right. going to happen. But with the loss of Kareem Hunt, like we've discussed before, yeah. They're a completely different team. Their yeah, defense isn't that great. A lot of lot of injuries on defense. And I think it's just I think there's they can be beat. I think they're yeah. like the Rams. They can definitely be beat. Because I mean yeah. if the Rams can put up fifty four points on the Chiefs, 
I think the Colts can put up at least 20. Yeah, and I mean, they're just too one-dimensional. Not only do they have a bad defense, but they don't have a, ru- a running game now. So they're like forced to passing, and the Colts can hang on both sides pretty well. And, and they're feeling it right now. Like They have nothing to lose. They snuck into the playoffs with nine in a row. They, they've already shocked them, you know? And now the Chiefs, like, they have everything to lose. They're supposed to be winning. They need to be winning. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, best running game right now in uh, in the AFC it goes uh, to Indianapolis. Uh, Marlon Mack is playing on a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, he's he's playing lights out to me at this point. Um, I mean, what did he have, 137 yards rushing this past weekend or something yeah. like that? I mean, it was debatable at one point if he was going to be around much next year or who was going to be kind of the starter, but he's he solidified himself as like the go-to workhorse there. That's huge. Yeah, they needed to establish a run game because early in the season, there were some games where Andrew Luck uh, was throwing near 60 times a game. Right, yep. You and they were behind like, you a lot. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, the guy just got right. back from a horrific injury last year or like a year or two ago. Like, he's shown that he's injury prone, and yet you're throwing, you're going, bringing a guy out there who and th- making him throw near 60 times a game? I think just even like three, four weeks ago, he threw 52 times. He had 52 yeah. attempts. That's crazy. But, you know, that reminds me, like the Colts, we talked about this about a month ago. The Colts went about it the right way. They, like, got him the rest. He got healthy. They didn't rush it, right? And kind of the opposite, maybe, in like in Philadelphia with Wentz going down. Um, like, maybe they pushed it too much with him. And now, of course, here's Foles. Like, he's on fire. The guy made his playoff run last year. And now he's back this year. They won their first game. Like, what happens if they win it? If they win the Super Bowl this year, what happens? You can't give the starting job away from Foles. No, you can't. Uh, I think at that point, you either keep Wentz as a backup, which you know he's not going to want to do, or right. you move him. I mean, th- those those are your two options. Right, or you, or I guess you trade Foles if there's bigger value there, which there would be. I mean, guys won two Super Bowls at that point. And he's but, just I mean, kind of proven to be able to play well in a bigger game. Like see what's what my problem is though is Foles is really good within that system in Philly. The yep. question is, can he fit in another yeah, system? Right, that's the question. So, like, if you move him to say Jacksonville to replace Blake Bortles if he gets moved, right. or the Giants if he gets moved there, like, will he have the same success? And I, I think my answer is no. I think he he's a really good fit in the system in Philly. And I think they would be dumb to move on from him or even move him. Um, yeah. I just don't think that's the right move at this point. Um, yeah, we'll see. Speaking of move, what about that field goal attempt by Cody Parkey? Poor oh, kid. Oh, man. That was crazy. And he hit the first one before the timeout. Oh, that uh, just made me so upset. I just I wanted to see the Bears move on. I, I just I like seeing their hard rough defense and I wanted to see what they were going to do in the next round and take on one of the big one of the big boys ah man it sucks to see them out so already but it's kind of cool to see the defending champions like squeak in and then take down the number three seed and now they got their shot at maybe the best team in the league now did you see um when Nick Foles got hit by Leonard Floyd earlier in the like middle of the game and Foles made this face when he got up, like, "Oh, that didn't feel good." <laughs> yeah, like he had this face where he went all squinty eye, and he's like, blow- he's like, you know, blowing out his mouth, like, <sighs> yeah, like, like, like <laughs> he looked like he was like he's like that hurt. 
I think tickle. I think he remembered. He's like, oh yes, I'm back in the playoffs, right? Yeah, no, Bears were no joke. I mean, kudos to the Bears uh, for a great season. Um, I think they just are missing that one offensive weapon uh, for in terms of a receiver. They need ah, one guy. Yeah. I think can make a huge difference. Their defense is there. But, I mean, you Their can't be too greedy. Solid. You can't be too no, greedy. They have a pretty good balance. They have two very good running backs that are used, uh, you know, separately, and a good up and coming tight end. I don't know. There's not much more you can get. You have a good. Well, no. See, the problem is though is is Burton didn't play. If yeah, Burton played, yeah, okay, I think yeah. they win that game. That is a big difference. Yeah. I think if Burton played. On Sunday, they would have won that game. I think this year is disappointing for them. After this kind of run they made, as strong as they looked to be one and done, I think is a disappointment. They were surprised to begin with, but they got so good that they should have made it further than this. Yeah, I That's definitely think they should have made it further further than they did. Yeah. Um, one team that I'm surprised didn't go further, honestly, was the Ravens. You know, I'm, I really yeah. like them going into the playoffs, but. Uh, man, the Chargers are looking on a whole nother level. No, yeah, I made that pick. I was like, I'm big on the Chargers this week. I, I just I don't see them losing, and they, they came out strong. Uh, Baltimore is very good, but. I will say they almost gave it away, though. That uh, I know, that, I know. Uh, Russell Okun had that horrible holding call on, I think it was like third, third and five. You make a first down, you win the game. And it ended up being a 10-yard penalty, turned it from third and five to third and 15, and then they didn't get a first down. And I'm like, oh, God, they're, they're going to give Baltimore a chance. And then here comes, uh, was it Joey Bosa who knocked it loose or it was somebody else? I don't know. Um, coming around the edge and just Lamar Jackson had no freaking clue what, what hit him. He got like, beat up. As soon up. as the ball went out, uh, Bridget put it put perfectly and was like, he made the face like, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't know what just happened. Yeah, he got banged he around did. that game, too. <laughs> Oh my God! He, I I think they said in the first half alone he got sacked six times. Jeez. Yeah, he he was getting put on his back. And do you hear the people in the crowd yelling, "We want Flacco"? Yeah, so stupid. And and what's funny about that is at that point it was still twenty-one to three. Right. And then Jackson hears he goes, "All right, I see you." And then two touchdowns later, it's a ball game. <laughs> and then the, you- and then the crowd shuts up. They're like, "Oh, yeah. okay." Yeah, I was thinking about that with Harbaugh. It kind of, I'm glad he didn't make the switch, uh, but like he wouldn't have been wrong for doing so. No, you're you know? absolutely I right. I mean, it would but... be kind of silly, right? Because Flacco's going to be out of there, but like he wouldn't have been wrong for going, turning to a, a, a Super Bowl MVP one time quarterback um, after how bad Jackson looked. But you, but you have to do what he did, stick it out, trust in your, your players and your system. And of course, he made a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, I will say this: the Ravens' defense looked pretty good for a little while, but yeah. man, then the Chargers exposed them. No, I time. mean, but think about it: your your offense isn't giving you enough of a break. So yeah, they, they, they just can, got beat up. Yeah, the D can only stay up for so long because their offense wasn't putting any long drives together. It's like you know, Baltimore three and out, Chargers eight play drive. Then it's like. Baltimore three and out, Chargers nine play drive. Yeah, they hung with like, them pretty good. Yeah, that that's a pretty good for performance to only be twelve zero at halftime, and they had zero offense. That's a pretty yeah, good. Yeah, to hold defense. them, hold them, hold hold them to four four field goals. Yep. In a first half, when you had right. not even eighty yards total, that's pretty impressive. Right to not give up a touchdown. Yeah, because it was still very very well within the reach. Yeah, they'll definitely be a top pick in fantasy next year in terms of defenses for sure. 
Hey, so um, something something that just made me think about this first topic you want to talk about. I, I think about Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. You mentioned that. I mean, like those guys have a really good chemistry. This is why I think I'm surprised they lost. I thought they were going to win, but they are very experienced. And man, that team meshes well. And, and Wilson meshes very well with Carroll. And he has like a a well respected team around him, and it, it's mutual, right, between coach and players there. And I think that's a huge part of their success because they. They've been up and down. They were bad at the start of the year. But, like, usually if you have good chemistry, players and coaches working together, they turn it around. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, that kind of leads me into the whole Antonio Brown against the world thing. Uh, I think when you have the chemistry of, like, being together for such a long time, like, you know, Russell and and uh, Carroll, and then another example, Brady and Belichick. Yeah. And, you know, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. I mean, they've been together for, God, six years now, I think. Five, six years. I mean, Kelsey loves it in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I just think that is absolutely key, is if your coach can't get along with your players, then you have no hope. You have no – because they, they won't take the coach seriously. They're not going to want to play hard for them, like, like down in Jacksonville. They have no respect for Doug Marone. And, I mean, look at them. They went 5-10. and 10. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, so back to like Antonio Brown. Uh, first, it was the Le'Veon Bell thing. You know, that whole thing kind of just, I, I said it from uh, August, like middle August. I said, if Bell doesn't play this season, you know, this team's going to implode. And I had called it at the beginning of the season. I said, they're going to miss the playoffs. And they did. And yeah, I close. think it has something to do. It was. It was close. It came down to if the Ravens lost then the Steelers were in. Um but it just it was just so much turmoil and then they fired Todd Haley midway through the season and then next thing you know Antonio Brown's getting yelled at in practice apparently and he was just like I ain't having any of that. And then apparently Big Ben made a comment about um Antonio not running the right routes in practice. And yeah. that, and then and then Brown goes, I'm gonna ghost y'all and <laughs> and not talk to anybody for for like four days. Yeah, um, I mean, I still can't get over that Brown did that. Uh, that is ridiculous. But but yeah, this is I what mean, happens it's... when like players get bigger than the team, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is where it comes from because like they wouldn't have done. No receiver would have left or got mad that they were yelled at. That's part of the, the not not just the game, but your job. Like it's 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 the environment, and if something goes wrong, like coaches are hard like that that's not that big of a deal but he's so big so much bigger than the team at least he portrays himself that he should he doesn't think he should get yelled at right i agree with you 100 and that stinks because because where do you go back how do you like how far do you backtrack that is it because the coach made the wrong moves here and there is it because the players act out and the coaches weren't disciplining it or nipping in the butt enough was it that the coaches weren't that nice to the players like who, who was it on you know um, but all I know is once once it gets to this point, you become less successful because there's less pride yeah. involved, right? Like, like yeah. with Brady and, and, and Belichick, and they want to win for each other, right? It's hard. It's kind of hard to come back from that. Once the relationship is fractured like that, it's like just kind of like in real life. Once the relationship is like fractured between like you and a girlfriend, um, it's kind of hard to come back from it. Like because you know you'll always revert yeah. back to like those issues that you had in the past. Yeah, so granted, like you know, stuff. you know, the, they could have squashed it maybe for a couple of weeks, 
But then next thing you know, when another problem arises, then they revert back to another problem. And I think that's what's happening in Pittsburgh is it's just problem after problem after problem after problem. They're trying to push it down and forget about it, but then Brown or somebody keeps bringing them out, up again, and it's causing more problems. Right, and, and I you think, know, the, no, go uh, ahead. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say, you know, that the the media emphasizes it more and makes it worse, mm-hmm. and you know, your emotions feed off that because when you hear something about yourself too, it probably fires you up more, you know. Absolutely, and and I think it has something to do with the fact that, um, when those players make that much money. They think, like you had said before, that they're bigger and better than the entire team. Like when you get those other players who are making kind of like a lowly salary, kind of like, you know, just a six-figure deal. And I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, When they're making like a six-figure deal and, you know, then you get guys like Antonio Brown, probably close to seven or eight-figure. And Le'Veon Bell is probably close to seven-figure. And it's like, because they're making that kind of money, they their ego is so big that they think, oh, they're not going to question anything I say because, you know, I'm the star of the team or whatever. Yeah, no, that money makes them kind of big like that. That money sh- yeah. like, makes them feel like, well, I'm so, th- this is how much the team wants me and desires me. Like, I can kind of act out or not just act out, but I can have more of a say or, yep. or, or you know, uh, contest my boss, aka my head mm-hmm. coach or my manager, you know. And, and that's mm-hmm. man, that is that sucks because these these teams are put together, and some of them are like families, you know, and and they're brothers, and they play together. And then when stuff like this goes on, you it starts to be more about just these individual players and more about their money, and ah, just it snowballs from there. And you know, a lot of the times it it the fame gets to the player's head. It, it's plain and simple. But the problem is, is that. The fame may get to your head, but you're spending like 90% of your time, you're with your teammates. You're on the road together. You're in the locker room together. You're in the video room together, going over film. You're on the field together. I mean, it's like when the season's going, like you're, it's go, go, go. And you're like constantly yep. around these guys. Right. You have to find a way to f- make it work and to figure it out. Otherwise, you're going to go nowhere. Right, you're going to lose the respect of everyone around you and like all mm-hmm. these role models you have, one, because you have this huge platform to build off of. So you're going to start losing all that and then it goes part of your your fame and you already got paid. Most you know, most players, I know there's some players that make a low salary because of their position or, or they're, they're young or whatever, but most of them are not struggling as far as like poverty line, right? Let's, let's be honest. Most of them aren't really, unless it's self-inflicted, you know? So most of them aren't having that problem. So they're not... What is it they're going after? They just want more and more money because that that way they can say more or do more on a team like Antonio Brown. Like he's he's so big that he can not talk to him that weekend, you know? Because I mean, yeah, isn't really about the money, is it? I think for some players it is. I think it's like a not only the lifestyle, but it's like it's like making a living, and I understand that. But at the same time, you got to think of how you're making that living. It's like you're, you're you're part of what's called a team. It's not like you're in a solo sport, right? You're you're in a team sport. Like you need to think about not just yourself, but you got to think about what's good for the team. Like, and if you're acting like this, especially one game from potentially making the playoffs, and you decide I'm going to be very childish and not respond to any calls from my head coach, any calls from my quarterback, any calls from any of my teammates. 
and then just sit out? Like, really? Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, if I were that coach, I'd be furious. That's the dysfunction in a workplace. Just picture that in, you know, an everyday job or, you know, someone in the medical field. If there's this great surgeon and he's he thinks he's so good, he can just not show up to things. Um, right. And, and if the bosses or whoever allows that, well, then, of course, he would do it because like, he did do it, he or she, you know? So you got to be holding these people accountable. That That's just insane to walk away from a job, but you're so good you can come back and there's no disciplinary actions really that are, that you care about, you know, he's fined a grain of salt, you know, for his, his five, you know, five gallon bag of salt. So he doesn't care, you know, and it doesn't change anything. Yeah, no, I think they need to, to realize that there, that there's no one that's bigger than the team. Uh, like you're part of an organization and, right. and that's, that's not just players. It's, the general manager, it's the presidents, yeah, it's, it's like the trainers, it's the doctors, and they're all it's there like, for each all other. These people, isn't that they're, right? Like they're 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 the guys that would take care of that player if something goes on, and you have no problem taking as much money as you can, which means there's less for others, and you yeah. like that way. It's that, it's crazy. selfish. Yeah, it's crazy. And how much money can it can it need to be? I don't know if it's about that. I think some of these players just get so used to it that they need it for their own self-gratification to make more so they have a bigger n- number in front of their name to mean that they are worth more. Not that they even care about the money because it, some of them are so rich. It's just it's just like it justifies, see, see, I'm so good because of that number, you know? And they're forgetting like the legacy or the team or wanting to go on to win, you know, and, and have a dynasty and like go to the Hall of Fame, whatever it is, you know, you have these chances. And they give right. it up just for the money. It's I don't do. I cannot believe players don't want to make a name for themselves and like, beat their own path. You know, one one player that I admire more than anyone is J.J. Watt, uh, and the reason why for that is he's one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league. He doesn't go out and flaunt his money. He doesn't go out and say, "Oh, I'm a rich man" and whatever. He actually does more charity work. He does than than any player in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of other players who do great charity work. Greg Olson does charity work. Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Does work. Yeah, I think the first one. But I the think one of. that you hear about the most is J.J. Watt because he actually set up a fund for the people in Hurricane um, the hurricane that went ran through Houston back about what a year ago or so. And oh, yeah. the. And the limit, you, not the limit, but he he set like a goal saying, "Oh, I want to make at least ten thousand dollars." Yeah, it was like, right. It was ten or thirty thousand. Yeah, it was like forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars that was made, if not more than that. And it just went off. And and I'm just saying to myself, that's just a selfless person who cares about the greater good, and and it's not just actually the team. Now that I think about it, like when these players do make these decisions that are selfish, what about the fans? They they forget about the fans. Like, how do you think the fans feel that you know you're acting like a child and you know you could potentially cost their favorite team a chance at going to the postseason? Yeah, no, right, and, and I understand too from their point of you know their point of view. They're like, hey, I, I don't really care about Jimmy in section one thirty two. I really don't care if I upset him, you know. But the point is, it, right. it's it's on it's on a, a a massive volume basis. Like, there's a lot of people that you affect, and I'm like, what JJ Watt did that's so cool. That should be something that's at the 
uh, you know, that, that should be part of the seminar at like a players association get together. That should be mm-hmm. what they go over about, hey, here's some of our employees, aka NFL players, and here's what they have done and what they can do with their platform that they have. And look what J.J. Watt did. He didn't raise all that money out of his own pocket, but he used his popularity and his presence and who he is as a person and a good person to donate and raise money because he can, because people would follow it. If Antonio Brown made a Snapchat video or a story, because he loves Snapchat, asking people to do- donate a dollar or 50 cents for whatever cause, he'd raise three or four million in no time. But he doesn't do that. No. It just blows my mind. Like, if I were a professional athlete, if I were a guy getting paid millions of dollars a year to play a sport that I've loved since I was little, wouldn't you think to that I want to give back to the people who helped me get there, give, give back to the community, give back to the fans, you know, that come out and support and buy my jersey? Because, you know, when those jersey sales go up, the players get a chunk of that pie. I know, and, you know, like, so, how stupid are you? Don't you realize you would benefit from looking good? <laughs> right. And, right. And I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what, what goes through their head. Like, you're such a role model to so many of these young kids who potentially want to be in the NFL or who want to be professional athletes. And then for you to act the way you did, right. to me, makes no sense. Like, you weren't thinking at all. Yeah, and, and now and and now you're asking for a trade. What team yeah. in their right mind would want you on their team after the stunt that you pulled? It just if, gets, I, if I were yeah. an owner, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to on the reputation team. of like a team. They'd be like, I don't think we want this guy. This just he doesn't really represent us very well, you know. No. And, and and you know what? To to add to that, like the raising money or donating, giving back to all you like cynical li- listeners out there. Like, let's say you know what? Not, it's not not even for everybody. Not every player is going to raise money or donate. That's fine. But, but wouldn't you at least just go about it and make the money you want to make without having to always push it for a few more million, a few more million? Don't you want to build that legacy and like be on that team and be known for that team, you know, and, and carry them, make history with them instead of just kind of jumping around to wherever money is? Just like in the NBA, it happens so much. I cannot believe some of these superstars don't want to stay on a team and have that be their team. And their number retired on that team, and they're the they're they're one of the greatest from that team, opposed to just hopping around. Yeah, no, it, it blows my mind. Like I know that if I were a professional athlete in a team sport, whatever team I'm drafted by, I would want to stay with that team as long as possible to build on, you know, whatever success that we could potentially. Yeah, it's have. just pride. Like, yeah, your history, it, everything's a, there. It's a pride thing, but you know. I just think some some of these players are selfish, and you know, you know, from what I've heard, Antonio Brown it does he does do some charity work. He has a I think an organization for kids uh, development in in sports, I believe. Um, but I I just don't know. I think there there are moments where he's like a great guy, but then there are other moments where he's a complete yeah. selfish a hole. Like yeah, and you, I, I don't get, get caught it. up. Yeah. No, right. He's done some good stuff. You're right. But it definitely it, it bounces back and forth. And that kind of sometimes that makes you wonder if that's really them or was that just kind of their, you know, PR agent saying, hey, make sure you let's raise some money here too to look good, you know, because you can tell the difference between players that are genuinely, you know, good people. Because like my thing is like you're, you're a professional athlete and the key word is professional. You have to be a consummate professional both on and off the field. And I feel like they only consider them a professional on the field 
And then when they're off the field, they feel like they can act however they want because they're making all this money, and it it just blows my mind. Yeah, it really depending does. on the circumstance, yeah. But uh, before we end the show, I wanted to uh, go over our p- uh, picks for this weekend and go over our potential matchups for the conference championships uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, so what do you think about the games this weekend? Oh, I'm excited. This is like one of the best weekends of football. The divisional round just has all the big hitters and everyone that's looking, you know, pretty hot. Um, you know, the first game I'm interested in this Colts chiefs one. Um, I know I told you this last week, I thought the Colts would win and they did. And then I think they're going to take out the chiefs and I'm still feeling it. Um, they, if anything, made me believe it even more after this past weekend. I think there's, I mean, they're more well-rounded. What do you think? I mean, I feel like, you know, the Chiefs have become become one dimensional. I agree with you. I think like like you had said, and you put it perfectly about like a month ago, you had said the Chiefs became one dimensional and they became kind of like a very predictable team when they yeah. lost Kareem Hunt. Like yeah, once sure. they lost Kareem Hunt, it was a completely different ball ball club. Yep. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I would never have picked them to lose before, but now I'm just like, well, I could see it happening and they they have everything to lose. That they're, they're they had done so well all year. Like the pressure's on them to win. If the Colts lose, they'd be like, "Yeah, you lost the Chiefs. That makes sense." But they got nothing to lose right now, so I'm I'm taking the Colts in that game. Yeah, you know, and I'm going with you. I I think I got to pick the Colts. Um, you know, the Chiefs have shown that they can be beat at home, and their defense isn't playing with the same fire and determination that the Colts' defense is. And oh, not at all. I, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw the post game. Um, like huddle in the locker room in the Colts locker room. Frank Reich yeah. has this team fired up. Exactly. Ten in a row does not happen overnight. This is this is a guy who is firing up this team. Right. And he I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. He won he won the Super Bowl with uh Philly as the offensive coordinator last year. He's been to the big dance. He's been to the show. He knows how to get there, and I think he's the perfect guy to lead this young Colts squad to the promised land. And I think they started with the Chiefs. It's great, yeah. I mean, their their adrenaline, their confidence is through the roof. Like it's it's so fun to see, and they're just riding it right now. Yeah. What about the other Uh, AFC matchup? Uh, man, I really am looking forward to Cowboys Rams. Really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, you got. The run, great run defense of the Rams against the great running offense of the Cowboys, paired with two pretty stout defenses all around. I mean, Dallas did play a pretty good game. Yep. But I think if they can't contain Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, that game is over. Yeah, I'm curious to uh, see what the Rams offense does because they aren't as hot as they were earlier in the year, um, but they're still pretty good. They're pretty disciplined offense. And they're and- very good at home. Yeah, they could tire out the Cowboys because the Cowboys' defense isn't like a top five shutdown defense. They're just a, you know they're a good defense. So if the Rams can get to them, they'd have trouble. And the opposite side of that with Ezekiel, like man, they they got to pound it with him, and they got to put the the Rams on their heels. Yeah, no, I th- I think uh, you know the difference makers on either side for me. Uh, I got Zeke on one side and then I think Aaron Donald on the other. Um Aaron Donald has been a force all season long. Just if if you can't contain him and keep him away from the quarterback, it's it's not gonna be a contest because they'll they'll 
I wouldn't say they'll shut them out, but it's going to oh. be very low low scoring on the on the Cowboys end if they can't keep him contained. Wait, they're going to have to double not team him at some pressure. point. Yeah. D- no, Dak once he's under pressure, good. he goes down. He goes down like a sack of bricks. Yeah. Um I just I think in this game the Rams are too tough on both sides of the ball and I think Dallas made a good run, but I think it ends in LA. Yeah. So we we both agree like that the Cowboys have to establish a run game with Zeke and they got to set the pace the first half. Right. Oh, definitely. 100%. My question is what if like the first half finishes right Rams are up 10, I don't know, and the Cowboys could not get much going on the ground? Like do they abandon it in the second half? Because I think they need to stick to it. I think that that's what they they usually turn it up near the end of the game, and it's because Ezekiel will pound it and wear him down. I think they definitely stick with it because it sets up play action, and I think they need to get Amari Cooper and um, oh, what's his name? Uh, tight end Swain. Uh, I think it's Swain or yeah, um, for Dallas. You get those guys involved. Get Cole Beasley involved. Yeah, he's like your little Julian Edelman. Just hit him with a crossing route and just let him go. Um, yeah, they, they uh, cannot th- abandon think, the run because they'll be in trouble. Because then they can't. They'll, they'll do if what they, they've done every game. They lose in like the third and fourth quarter. They start shotgun too much. Dak scrambling around, and therefore the defense is pressuring him hard. And then he just gets sacked or has to run for four yards every time. That will not work. I completely agree. Yeah, no, that's not going to work against the Rams. Um, they I'm going they Rams. need to establish a run. Yeah, I'm also going Rams. They need to establish a run, uh, and even if they're down ten going into the second half, they still need to stick with it to yep. establish the play action. Yes, and, they do. And get Amari Cooper involved. If you can get Amari Cooper involved, it could be a whole different ball game. Um, yep. Let's see the next game: uh, Chargers Pats, one o'clock on Sunday. Uh can't I'm wait. torn. I'm torn. It's gonna be a great game. Don't get me wrong. It's gonna be a great game. I think the Pats win, but it's gonna be very close. It'll be a field goal that decides yep. this game. Oh, and just to clarify, back to it real quick. Those first two games were the Saturday at four and the Saturday at eight o'clock. So that that was that was our Saturday games. Those two were awesome. And then yeah, this is Sunday at one. Chargers Patriots. Yes. I'm gonna have to go Chargers. I think. I don't like to go against the Patriots. I really don't. But the Chargers D looked pretty dang good, and Melvin Gordon and company—they're looking—they're looking strong. And Rivers just has as much experience as you need in the playoffs. Um, they are really—I think they're going to rough up Brady as much as they got at Baltimore's offense. They're yeah, need you know, to. don't you know? Don't they're going to absolutely need to put Brady on on his backside to be able to, you know, put keep the pressure on. Uh, but. Do you you forget how well the Pats' defense has been playing the past couple of weeks? Uh, granted, they played teams like Miami and Buffalo. And yeah, I don't buy it yet. This will be uh, this will be a great test. I think they show up this weekend. Philip Rivers has been known to go down under pressure. Yeah, and no, I think he play if they can sometimes. get if they can get Danny Shelton and Trey Flowers in on Rivers on the pass rush, the uh, watch out because the Pats could. Put them on the ground at least five times. Uh, I'm going to go with Pats in a close one. Yeah, I'm going to go Chargers, probably six to nine-point game. Um, I, I, I don't know if I trust it because I've said this all year. You know, the Patriots, they win in the playoffs. They win the big games. You know, if I was to take a quarterback, I would take Brady right now. But overall, I don't think he has the offense he needs. He's missing a few passes. Uh, the Chargers defense can put good pressure. They're young. They're not going to get worn out. 
Uh, and then the other side, um, the Chargers offense, I think, is way too much for the Patriots. But the problem will be if the Patriots get up, I think that's where the Chargers have a problem. They need to, they, they, they've got to keep it real close or have the lead. If they get down by two scores, especially the Chargers, if they get down by two, I don't think they'll be able to win that. Like, no, you're not really coming back on New England, really. You know. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots are tough to beat at home. Uh, it's a whole oh, different environment. Um, but it's also going to be tough for the Chargers to play back-to-back road games. Uh, you know, granted yeah, they're seriously. staying on the same coast, they're staying on the on the East Coast, which is helpful. But at the same time, I mean, that's tough to go into two different road spots and win on the road. Um, oh, yeah. I will say this, though. Uh, you want to talk about a quarterback I would love to have in the playoffs if I'm if I'm an NFL coach. Talk about Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is my guy. Yeah, he uh, is. Yes, he is. He's all of our you guy. Know, you know, Philly versus the Saints Sunday evening, 4, 4, 4.45. Uh, start time Eastern. That's a great weekend nightcap. That is perfect. Oh man, with the with the Eagles winning last minute, you know they they look pretty solid on both sides of the ball, but they're going up against Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, uh, Drew Brees, Cameron Jordan. Shall I continue? I mean, this team is stacked across the board, and then you got a coach like Sean Payton who's been to the big dance we're and won the, the big dance. Peyton and they Breeze, talk, like those guys are as close as they can be. When they won the bye, uh, I think it was in week 16, they won the bye. Um, yeah. You see Sean Payton dancing in the locker room with the guys? Oh, having fun, yeah. Oh, he was having a blast. That team looks like they're just having a good time. Yeah, see, um, they reached that, like, that, that respect barrier, and now that they're over that, they can all be friends. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, like once you get so close... And respect is there that that can be friends and have fun. You see Peyton like smiling and having fun with them all the time. They are buddies. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I, I I'm a really big Saints fan. Um, mainly because Sean, I, I'm a real big fan of Sean Peyton. Like if I were an NFL player, like if I'm a, sorry, if I'm a college player, saying oh who what team would I want to play for? Saints is the, the first thing that comes to mind. I would love to play for the Saints because it looks like it's just such a great environment. He's got yeah. like a great aura behind this team. Like they just seem like they're they're balanced. They're just in a good state of mind, and they're all working hard. I mean, they're all playing and working incredibly hard to get where they're at. And they could uh, make a very dominant run these next three games. Oh yeah, I only wanted to see them play. In wildcard weekend, because I just wanted to watch them play and win. You know, they got the bye, and it's kind of like, oh, I wanted to see them play, you know, but um, they obviously earned it. But yeah, I mean, playing playing for the Saints, like that that whole culture, that whole state, even not just the city, but like it's a big deal there. And this game is awesome. I'm, my heart is happy with either one of them winning because I kind of want to see Philly defend their title. Like you know, they're amped up right now. Like that 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 team in that city is not kind. You know, they're ready to win. Um, and then New Orleans, like, talk about all the passion and love and heart behind it and what that team has, what that city has. Oh, my God, having to play in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Saints in the playoffs is not not pretty. Like, that defense no. is pretty good. They're going to make some big plays. That stadium will be loud. Uh, I will say this. You know, True. as much as I, I agree with you that, you know, it would be really cool to see a team go back-to-back years, go to the go to the Super Bowl, that would be – because it's – 
it's very rare. Right, that yeah. It doesn't happen very often. No. I just don't want the Eagles there. I just right, don't. Right, right, right. You know, I, I might be still salty from last year, but I really am praying for either the Saints or the Rams to make it to the to Super Bowl <laughs> at this point. To potentially play either the Chiefs or the Patriots, because any one of those matchups, I would just like, I would goo goo gaga. Y- yes, yeah. please. But you know what? This um, is the beauty of the playoffs. Once the Super Bowl matchup is set, I feel like we love it. Because I, because I feel like that team proved it on their playoff run. You know, if the Eagles make it there, we're going to be saying, they just beat the Saints, and or the, you know, they beat they beat the Bears, then the Saints, and they went on to beat the Rams or Cowboys, whoever. Um, you know, usually by the time the Super Bowl gets here, there's a team, you believe in them, you know? So, I don't know. I do want to see the Saints. I'm, I'm taking the Saints at home. I, I can't imagine they lose. They're going to be, they're going to be pumped up for this game. I will say this, you know, this is a first for me and, you know, I'm definitely picking the Saints, um, but in an overall scheme of things, there's only one team I don't want to see in the Super Bowl and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're really? the only team I don't want in there. I wouldn't mind seeing any of the remaining teams besides the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So question, and, what's that? As a Patriots fan... Let's say you know the Patriots are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Would you like to see them play, face the Eagles? Would would I want them to face the Eagles? Yeah, absolutely not. I feel like that's what you would want. I feel like you want that revenge. This could be it. What I mean, ultimate... granted, they would grant a lot of publi- they would grant oh, a lot of publicity for that'd sure. That'd be so fun. That would be so fun. Talk about a storyline. I just don't want to see the Eagles there again. Like people want to see something different each year. They don't want but, to see the same uh, thing over and over and over again. But I, I will say though, a little bit of this rivalry builds attention and popularity in the NFL, right? The Colts and Patriots back in the day with 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 Manning, and then Broncos, Ravens, Patriots. You know, there were some really good rivalries, interconference or not, that made it a big deal. I mean, you can't tell me there'd be a more satisfying win than the Patriots beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. No, you're right. You know, for for the Eagles fan base, that was a great win, 100. percent I just, I personally am just salivating over the thought of either the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, or the um, Saints. Even the even the yeah, and the Saints in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I would I would love to see the Chargers there. I would love to see Philip Rivers go for a ring because he deserves it. He hasn't you know ever, all this talk of. Oh, you know, Eli's got two, Ben's got three, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how Rivers has zero. He was in the same draft club. What happened to him? It's because he hasn't had a surrounding cast like the other teams have. Well, that's what you get from being a big old jerk, too. Uh, it's not <laughs> so, anyway, you know what? That uh, I'm taking the Saints, and as far as my Super Bowl prediction, it's a little late now. It's kind of easy to pick, you know, easier than it was in September. But I think I told you this last week. I, I'm feeling Chargers Saints, and I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, for me, uh, at this point, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Patriots and Saints, um, with the Saints winning the whole thing. Um, I, Saints I think are my Saints pick. Are just, yeah, Saints. Saints are just looking really, really good right now. Um, and my my hope be, my, my hope is Saints Colts. I would hope for that ooh, matchup. That would, that would be actually fun. be. I would actually really enjoy that. Is that not probably the best team in the league, right, all year long versus the hottest team in the league? And it's a rematch from, what, 10 years ago. 
Yeah, back and and also Breeze played on that team. 10 sure years did, ago, didn't he? sure did. You, yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. crazy to me. That's the that's the thing that he's the ageless wonder. I swear, like ten years ago, he just played. He played in a Super Bowl and won it. And you just love. And to now, see him ten win. years later, he's going back. Yeah, like and he's so the, nice. What a story. Yeah, he's a cool um, dude. Yeah, he's someone you enjoy watching him win. I remember back ten years ago when he had he won that Super Bowl and. Remember he uh, he was holding up the Super Bowl trophy and he was holding his son at the time who was probably yeah. three years old and he's yeah, got the big three, headphones yeah. on. Right. Yeah, his kid's like twenty four uh, now. Kids <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy. But um uh, any final words before we sign off? No, man, just buckle your seatbelt and get your popcorn ready. Should be a good playoff round. Oh, get that pop oh, I'm gonna have that popcorn ready. What, it's gonna be a good weekend. Real quick, what's what's gonna be the best best matchup of the weekend? I'm gonna say Pat's Chargers. I think that's Me gonna too. be a that's gonna be a dogfight. It's yeah. gonna be really close. Uh, close second is is Dallas and, and the Rams. Um, I, I'm thinking Colts Chiefs, but um, but I'm going Patriots Chargers because of the history there. Those two quarterbacks have been around for a long time. Brady is definitely looking to defend his, you know, his prestige here. So this is gonna be a good matchup. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this episode of Ride the Pine. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hey. appreciate the love and the support. And if you made it this far, shout out your uh, Super Bowl predictions. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We're on all of those. Ride the Pine Pod. Um, again, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next week to discuss the conference championship matchups. It's sure as hell is going to be a wild ride to the Super Bowl. Uh, but thank you again for tuning in. And see you next week. Later. Later.